if they are dating multiple people and they're being intimate with multiple people, how do you sort of juggle that? Well, you don't, you don't feel the need to move as fast as anyone else they're dating. We are talking today about people's fears when dating. Yeah, we actually put something out on social media, which was, uh, it read, what is your biggest fear in early dating? And we had 1,350 comments. Mm. And uh, people just basically shared with us their biggest fear. So we pulled out some of the most kind of reoccurring themes and the most relatable fears in early dating. And wow. I intentionally didn't look at these because I was like, I'm, I'm going to wait and do this live on the show. So. What percentage of these fears were spiders? I would have put that one. I would have put that too. In, in early, early dating? dating? Well, imagine you're dating someone, spider, in the kitchen and, and they need you to take it outside. Right. They're equally, if you imagine if you're dating someone who's equally afraid of spiders. Oh, that's it's worse. It. It's worse. She's not afraid of spiders, but you're terrified. Uh, and that's, she's, that's, yeah. that's us, isn't it? It's Probably over. It's relationship, actually. <laughs> Did anyone put the concept of infinity? <laughs> also, also scary if you think about it. Very funny, very funny, guys. With things ending in dating Steve than right. they are worried about infinity. What I was thinking that we could do is if I read out to you guys some of those fears and you guys can maybe come up with ways of reframing those fears for people because I think that will be really, really useful for our listeners. You know, methods and tools to actually overcome those kinds of fears because they are really common in early dating and the same stuff did come up over and over again. So you guys ready? Let's do it. Number one, somebody wrote that they are at the stage of dating multiple women. So this is interesting, right? Because people have different standards when it comes to, you know, exclusivity in the beginning. And it can be really difficult, especially when, um, you know, people want to rush into things physically and intimately. We actually had a, an email the other day from one of our podcast listeners who said that she's been dating someone and they're pushing them to have sex, but they won't hold their hand in the street. And she finds that really bizarre. And there was something in that that I thought was interesting. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing is that women only choose men like this. That's the interesting thing. The reason why they have this complaint, and it's so common, and it's common enough to be brought up in this, is that women only choose men that have the capability of dating multiple women, which is only top 10 to top 5% men. By the way, if you look at statistics of, um, you know, Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, whatever, it shows that women are selecting only the top 5%. So again, if women are, are re responding to your messages at all on Tinder, you're top 5%. To give you an idea, right? Most guys, when they go on Tinder, they get zero, zero matches, zero messages. Zero. They get literally nothing to give you an idea. You know, what she's bringing up is this idea of, you know, if they are dating multiple people and they're being intimate with multiple people, I might get hurt because that might not be my standard. So how do you sort of juggle that? Um, you don't go for guys that are way above you in status and ability to get multiple girls. Yeah. Try telling a girl in 2023 to go for a good man. Try. See what happens. Hello and welcome to Helios Blog. My name is Helios, here for another reaction video. If you're new to the channel, liking the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications, 
If you'd like to support me, I do have a Patreon with exclusive content. Patreon.com slash The Blog. Just go there and subscribe. Again, it's Patreon.com slash The Blog. You could also drop me a donation like Adrian R or Tom M. Shout out to them. Link is in the description. Let's continue. Well, you don't, you don't feel the need to move as fast as anyone else they're dating. I think that's a big key. It's like, you can be okay. I, I don't, fine. If you don't want to hold hands, that's okay. But I'm not going to then do all of this other stuff behind closed doors. And don't make me feel like the weird one. Because <laughs> it, it is a nice <laughs> frame that, you, that she put it and that you just reiterated with the hand holding where it's like, why is it weird that I would want to hold hands and it's not weird that you would like to have sex? Like that's, it's so inverted. What this guy is describing is um, a female frame, right? This guy is in a female frame. Because that, that is, from a female perspective, it is weird. Why don't you move at the pace that I want? Why don't you do what I want? Why don't you give me what I want? What I want is what is needed. What I want is what is right. From a, from a female perspective, right? But of course, a man with options, he's not going to do that. He's going to go on a Tinder date. If the girl doesn't sleep with him, he's out. He's going to go to a new girl and sleep with her. And so in 2023, girls are forced to accept guys being polygamous, right? Uh, you know, until maybe later in the relationship when she convinces the guy through good behavior to be monogamous, right? Um, so girls know to some extent that um, you're going to have to accept certain behaviors if you want a guy who's superior. That's that's how that goes, right? So you either make the, 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 the concession and you accept that he's going to have multiple girls, and then, you know, you convince him to be monogamous later, or you get a weaker man. And for, for, for women who are hypergamous by nature, they want a man to be superior to them in every way, um, the first option seems better, right? And so you get the deregulated bedroom fund marketplace where, um, you know, the top nine, uh, the top 5% of men are getting 95% of the bedroom fund, right? That's, that's how it is in 2023. Yeah. And it's a, and by the way, it should be a kind of, that should be a bit of a red flag. I'm not saying it should be a, a note against someone's, a mark against someone's character, but it should be a red flag in terms of the way this person is treating dating. Because if they're more ready to jump into bed with you than they are hold their ha- hold your hand, this is a person who's not necessarily open to connection. This is a person who's not That's open right. to- They're in it for the bedroom fun. A much more- genuine form of intimacy they're just trying to you know have their cookie they're not trying to actually build anything with you or they're not trying to see where this could go that's absolutely true absolutely and the sad part is that in 2023 girls 18 to 23 are only choosing men like this they don't what they say is i'm attracting these bad men no you're choosing them you're having bedroom fun with them. You're rewarding their behavior and their behavior is being multiply rewarded, not just by you, but all your friends and all the girls you know that are good looking and all the, uh, like the large majority of your society. That is what you're rewarding. That's what you're doing. So you need to change your behavior and not at 35. You need to change your behavior at 18 to 23. That whole thing needs to be prevented. You can't have unshackled, unchained hypergamy. Because society destabilizes. So I, I think you should see it as a red flag. I think it's worth 
not being afraid of, but it's worth, if someone's in that place, slow them down to the point that they're asking you to slow down to. If they're like, I don't want to hold hands, then that's fine. But let's slow everything down to that point then. Mm. Don't, well, I, I don't want to make out with you. <laughs> don't speed up. Don't speed up to the to the level that of the other people you think they're dating because you won't. That's not a race that's worth winning. Absolutely true. No, no. Math, Matthew is actually right about this advice. That is not a race that's worth winning because when a girl does that, and usually what they do is they do that 50 times, um, you become unattractive to every man. If he doesn't want, like if he just wants to jump into bed with you and he's not giving you anything, it means probably you're punching above your weight class. You need to go for a guy who's less attractive. If he doesn't want anything to do with you, if he's just sleeping with you and that's it. It doesn't lead you to where you want to go. And it won't suddenly make them go, oh my God, you're so much better than the other people I'm sleeping with because you slept with me twice as fast. That's not going to help you. You it's want true. to put it as it's a race to the bottom, which I thought was a very euphemistic phrase. Yeah, that's it's pretty funny. But anyway, um, that's not the issue. So a lot of girls and, and guys notice this, right? Especially guys who have many options. What they notice is once you've slept with a girl, she has nothing else to offer, right? All she has is bedroom fun. And outside of that, she's a boss babe who's annoying. Well, if that's the case, man doesn't want to deal with you outside of that because you literally have nothing to offer. You're annoying and masculine and argumentative. So if you want to get a guy and keep him, what you need to do is be fit, feminine, cooperative, bedroom fun, loyal, and submissive. You need to go with the guy. What I mean is what he wants to do, that's what you want to do. Where he wants to go, that's where you want to go. How he wants to live, that's how you want to live. You see what I'm saying? You have to be in his frame in the way that he wants to do things. You have to be nice to him. You have to do things to make him happy. That's what you have to do to keep him at. Show genuine, um, show genuine um, respect. Show genuine admiration. Show genuine uh, thankfulness for what he's giving you. Smarty. <laughs> what about this one? Before you carry on with the video. It's okay. We're going to skip this ad one second. <laughs> Don't we all feel that? What do you think? I think I reframe, you know, it's like if you're in that stage where. Is getting too invested too quickly. Probably the most relatable thing. Getting invested too quickly. Well, no, this is a women's nature, right? If they feel that they've found a guy who meets their hypergamous criteria. If they feel they've found a guy who meets what they think that they need, a guy who's better than her in every single way, taller, stronger, faster, fitter, better friends, more friends, more connected, more money, everything. She's going to become attached very fast, have bedroom fun very fast, and she's going to want to consolidate with that guy. That's, that's how that goes. These girls are all choosing Chad for a reason. They don't want him for bedroom fun. They want to marry and have his children. That's their nature right? Well, maybe not Mary, but you get what I'm saying. They want to have his child and have him stay and, and you know, provide resources and help her to raise the children. That's why women get attached quicker than, like, I don't know about you guys, but it, take, it, took, it took me more than a year to become attached, right? 
so that's just how it is, right? Women get attached faster than men, especially if the the guy is more attractive than the girl. That's just how it goes. Okay, uh, let's read this uh, uh, this um, chapter from Rural Tomasi's book, uh, The Rational Male. This is Plate Theory 6, Scarcity and Abundance. Plate theory is for your benefit, not for women's. That might sound harsh, but it's a method intended to increase your value as a commodity that works on two levels. First, the external. By practicing honest, non-exclusive dating, you communicate to your prospective place that you're in demand. I've gone so far as to tell men... Sorry, I did my... Um, uh, to force a sense by never answering the phone from Friday to Sunday evening, even when they have no other plans. The perception is that your attention is sought after, uh, when your attention is sought after, it increases its value. It's when men are too eager to get with a woman that their attention becomes worthless and interest levels decline. Nothing serves a man better than having three or four women competing for his exclusive attention and fostering in them that feminine competition anxiety in as subtle and covert a way as possible. Make no mistake, it's a real art that women are all too familiar with themselves and their own intergender dealings. Women are natural plate theorists. They simply use their varying degrees of physical attractiveness to line their plates up. Secondly, plate theory is for a man's own internal benefit. It's much easier for a man not to give a crap if he truly doesn't give a crap. It's far easier to deal with women on the basis of indifference when you have a subconscious knowledge that there are at least three other women who will be happy to have your attention if one plays games with you. The reason men fail most crap tests women give them is because they subconsciously telegraph too much interest in a single woman. Essentially, a crap test is used by women to determine one or a combination of these. Confidence, first and foremost. Options, is this guy really into me because I'm special or am I his only option? And security, is this guy capable of providing me with long-term security? By practicing play theory, your mental attitude will be such that you'll pass most crap tests based simply on this practice. Abundance thinking is the root of play theory. A lot has been written about approaching women from a position of abundance. People often make the mistake of assuming that having a wide variety of choices tends to cheapen the commodity, and to a degree this is accurate, but it also allows for a better learned awareness of which choice among the pool is common and which is of higher quality. But Rolo, I'm so busy that I have no choice but to ignore and postpone. They sense it and seek me out. I worry that I create crazies. My weekends are jammed. At what point do we stop? This is the problem you can have. You've successfully flipped the script. You've gotten to a point where it becomes instinctive and your plates actively seek out your attention. By default, you're creating value by scarcity. At what point do you stop? How old are you? If you're under 30, stay in the game. If you're over 30, stay in the game but cool things off occasionally. The only time a man should even contemplate monogamy is after experiencing abundance. If you're inundated with women occupying your weekends, consider hooking up with a proven plate on a Thursday evening and reserve your weekends for other pursuits. Also, don't be afraid to clear your schedule to hang out with your friends or do other things that interest you. Remember, scarcity increases value. Too many guys think that plate spinning is something that needs a constant effort. It doesn't. In fact, applying yourself equally across all your active plates only pushes you closer to settling for one or two. Most guys think that they have to continue to spin their plates. You don't. If you're doing it correctly, they'll spin themselves for you. The anxiety is that if you don't keep applying attention to any one plate, you'll lose interest and fall off. Sometimes this is the case and you have to be prepared to accept it. Some plates have to break in order to spin more and that's okay. More often than not, however, your scarcity will create value and mystique. Thus, they will pursue you for the affirmation. Plate theory, of course, can be a means to an LTR, but bear in mind that it's essential that you practice it long enough and effectively enough to determine what a quality woman means to you and how to recognize her. As with most game skills, the uninitiated will use them to some degree of success up to the point that he finds his idealized girl of his dreams and launch into a self-destructive long-term relationship because his idealization was based on juvenile impressions rather than a mature understanding of what a quality woman's characteristics are. 
This is due to a lack of concrete experience. Spin plates for as long as possible, because once you do commit to an LTR, even with the tightest of game, you lose a measure of the competition anxiety that made your attention valuable to any one woman. All your plates fall off, and your girl you're engaged in an LTR with gets too comfortable. This is the root of why men find that what the women they had monkey bedroom fun with when they were dating becomes more bedroom fun reserved a few months after they're a couple. The competition anxiety is relieved, and therefore bedroom fun frequency and quality is no longer a proving trait for her. That's not to say there aren't methods to stoke this anxiety in a long-term relationship. By comparison to being single, the frame of the relationship doesn't have to be contested when she and you understand she's your only source of bedroom fun. In a committed relationship, you simply count spin plates. Okay, back to the video. I've ever read in my life. <laughs> Don't we all feel that? What do you think? No, I think women feel that. I reframe, you know, it's like if you're in that stage where you're texting someone you like and you end up in the the position of waiting by the phone for their next text. I think if that happens, something in your framing of what this person does for you has gone wrong because scarcity creates power. You don't know this person very well and you're kind of now reliant on them for your validation and something has gone really strange if that's happening. So I try and clear the decks in those moments and you just got to be like everything that this person invests or everything they prove to me that they're great is upside and if they don't then nothing's changed oh uh here's my here's my uh stance so if you're a man and you want to not be affected by you know uh waiting for that text or whatever here's what i recommend you mute the notifications on your phone so you can't see them your phone doesn't light up your phone doesn't buzz whenever you get a text you don't get any of that it doesn't do that and you, you just become busy. Just do a bunch of stuff. And you only check your phone occasionally. What that does is it makes it so that you're in control as opposed to whoever's texting you. So rather than whenever your friend or whatever that girl wants to get a hold of you, they, they own you, you own the frame. Because if you are responding whenever your phone buzzes, you're basically doing classical conditioning on yourself to, um, you know, be beholden to the attention of others. And you, you really don't want that to be your frame in life. So that's why you mute your phone and you only check it when you want and not when others want. That's the point. Like it's the same as before I met them. It's the same as after I met them. So if they keep proving to me that they're a great person, I text them, I'm going to be enthusiastic and positive. And if they don't, I'm like, okay, cool. Like that's a very good attitude. Very, very good attitude, and I agree entirely. My attitude is this. The girl has to prove every single day that she's a good girl for you. And if she doesn't, you're already one foot out the door, right? So let's say she is to text you where she goes. You know, uh, I'm going here, I'm going there, I've la, la, la. If she stops for whatever reason, I'm already one foot out the door. If she doesn't then apologize and correct the behavior, I'm gone. I'm not even interested in maintaining a relationship because you're not able to maintain constant good behavior. So I don't, I don't even care, right? If you want my best, you're going to give me your best. And if you don't give me your best, I'm not interested in your second best. Go give that to somebody else. 
That's the attitude. Nothing lost. I'm still going to keep up all the things that were important to me before I knew this person existed. Oh, I agree entirely. That's another thing. What he's describing is you are the cake and she's the cherry. So you have lots of things going on in your life. You have your job, you have your hobbies, you have your interests, you have all the things that you do. And then you also have a girl on top. That's the cherry. She's the cherry on top. She's not your life. And if she leaves, you still have the cake. So it doesn't matter. You can be a totally fine cake without any cherries. That's the point. That's what he's describing here. I'm going to keep being out there, have great friends, have great adventures, have a great life. And if they're on board for that, amazing. That's cool. But I'm not going to now suddenly change my whole frame of what's important to me and what determines my happiness based on whether this person decides I'm important or not. Important True. enough to text back. That's right. That's right. Very good. Anything else to Exactly. Add? Yeah, I think the the I'm afraid I'll get obsessed too quickly is a is a kind of it's almost a a way of abdicating responsibility as if to say the power is outside of me. Someone can come along and do this to me and I will be out of control at that point. Yeah, a lot of girls, uh, they don't want to take responsibility because accountability is women's kryptonite, right? So they, no, Matthew is absolutely right about this as well. Uh, he does, you know, he does give some good advice. He does give some good advice. Yeah. Accountability is women's kryptonite. So um, when women are told, no, this is your fault. You did this. Your actions of sleeping with Chad have led to you being 35 alone and miserable with cats and boxed wine. She's going to say, no, men are the problem. Men are the worst. I did nothing wrong, etc. Right? And that sort of idea is in itself a flawed premise. That's what Matthew is getting at here. No, it's totally right. So the way you have to turn, I'm afraid I'll become too obsessed with, you have to change that to, I currently don't feel I can trust myself. And then you have to say, well, why don't I trust myself? What, what do I do when I decide I like someone? that is counterproductive, that hurts me, that hurts my confidence, that takes over my life. True. And then start to actually look at those behaviors. Where are they coming from? Why am I doing this? And what can I do differently next time? Absolutely. I decide I like someone. And while I'm so true in the process, what's this like based on? That's right. So if you're just liking him because he's charred and he's not really giving you what you need in a long-term relationship, you probably shouldn't be doing that, right? But a lot of girls in 2023, what they do is, oh, he's so hot, I'm going to go sleep with him. And then he has five other girls on the side and why won't he commit to me and men are trash. That's, that's what they're doing, taking no responsibility for choosing that bad man in the first place, right? How about you choose a good man? All right, um, let's go on to the Reddit Post, this is uh, from Relationship Advice, posted 18 hours ago. Should I, male 22, apologize to my ex-girlfriend, in quotes, of 21, for having left her at a party to go dance with another girl? He did more than dance, by the way. So I, uh, 22, had been seeing this girl, 21, let's call her Sarah, for some six months, almost seven. 
we'd gone out on so many dates uh, that I've lost count. We spent holidays together. We went out uh, with each other on Valentine's Day. We did basically everything that makes someone part of a relationship, at least until last weekend. That's what I thought we were in, a relationship. With this in mind, last weekend we went to a party hosted by a mutual friend of ours at our college. An hour after I arrived at the party, I see Sarah talking to this other guy in a very flirty manner. But I think to myself that I must be overthinking this and they're probably just friends. Later, Sarah comes back uh, and while we're laughing and talking together, a girl approaches us and asks Sarah whether I was her boyfriend. She scoffed and said, no, we're just friends. I at this point said, what? I thought I was your boyfriend. Then she says, no, you're not. We're just friends. I said, what about all the dates, the holidays, the Valentine's Day? She said, we were just hanging out. At this point, I was a little pissed. So I asked the girl who asked us the question if she would like to dance. Then I have a great time with this girl and I end up going home with her. Then the next day, I wake up to a flurry of texts from a friend saying how I'm an asshole or a dickhead, asking why I would do something like that to Sarah. I responded by saying, what do you mean? Sarah and I are just friends. Now that it's been a few days, I do feel kind of crappy. We haven't talked since then and of course, I don't want to be with her. But still, I feel kind of crappy. Should I apologize to her? No. She disrespected you to your face and was flirty with a guy she wanted to cheat on you? Cool. We're not in a relationship. See ya. 115 upvotes. You have every right to feel how you want, but she said you were just friends and just hanging out, so you owe her no apology. She's playing games and found out why you don't the hard way. Yeah, no, she was cleared with what she meant and you respect her wishes. That's what women want. 172 upvotes. 189. She played a dumb game and found out that it goes both ways. Nah, don't apologize. This is a good life lesson for her. 103 upvotes. No need to apologize. If Sarah had said we're dating but nothing serious, it would have been different. Then there would have been an argument for you being the A-word. Since she explicitly said you were just friends and only hanging out, you had no obligation to her unless you were her ride to the party and were supposed to take her home. That's right, but even then. Yeah, so play stupid games, get stupid prizes. Really nice behavior by the guy in the, um, in the Reddit post. All right. Uh, if you're new to the channel, like in the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications. If you'd like to support me, you can uh, go to my Patreon and subscribe. Patreon.com slash the blog. Again, it's patreon.com slash the blog. You can also drop me a donation like Adrian R or Tom M. Shout out to them. Again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to my videos, especially if you listen to the end. You guys are wonderful. Take care of yourselves, and I will see you next time.